Matt, welcome back uh, to the podcast. It's good to have you. It's great to be here. I have to say, I'm very, very pleased to be back home. And I know that you probably weren't able to do any training on the bike while you were gone, taking care of a family emergency. Um, nope. But I do hope that you kept your mental acuity up to par for the Yeah You Ride podcast, because I'm going to hit you with a quiz right away. Oof. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I have to say, I, I don't know if I'm prepared, uh, but let's do it. Okay. So last week, uh, we asked, we left our listeners with a bit of a quiz, uh, T-Bone, right? We did. Uh, we, we asked who was the last American to ride in the Tour de France while also rocking the Stars and Stripes, the road national champion who also was in that year's Tour de France. Okay. So, and we didn't get any answers, no emails. So Matt, and, and and Matt, no pressure, but I got it on my fourth guess. Okay. Uh, After we were off the air, of course. So they were riding in the Tour de France wearing the Stars and Stripes jersey. Yes. Yes. As a road champion. Not, yes. This is this doesn't include time trial. Because they wouldn't the wear that. Well, you would if you were doing a time trial stage. Sure. Yeah. So no, this is road. Just road. Okay. Last U.S. road champion to ride in the Tour de France. Okay. My first guess, George Hincapie. Correct. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. You really? are podcast buff. Oh, man. That was like, because that's the only one I remember. But then I thought maybe Tyler Farrar had it or mm. no? Yeah. 2009. Yeah. It was the last year. And Mr. that was, I think that was the bit, was that the big year where George almost got the yellow jersey? Is that that year? I don't think so, because mm. I don't remember him being in the Stars and Stripes when all that went down. Okay. Well, either way, I'm going to cheers myself. On cheers, getting, yeah. Getting the first question right. Yeah, That's it, a good it, start. That may have actually been the last time that a BMC jersey looked halfway decent. Yeah. And and the bike, too. It's yeah. a pretty good-looking bike. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, and and side note. I think all three of us here have, have ridden bikes with Gorgeous George. Is that so? No. Or Matt, were you not on that ride? I was not on that ride. I wasn't on that ride. I joined you all for the beginning of that ride. Did you not ride with him at the Blueberry Farms or whatever? Blackberry Farm. Close. Did you? Similar ride? fruit. No, I didn't ever oh. ride with uh, with Hincapie. So I'm the only one here on the podcast who's ridden with Hincapie. I tried to find him a gator on the North Shore and on, on the... <laughs> <laughs> the lake levee path. Yeah, that's not going to happen, right? But we didn't find one. No. So. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Let's kick it off, boys. Alrighty. Uh, well, folks, welcome to episode 35 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. We have a full cast and crew today. This is the Bodie Bodie. Uh, hey there, this is the T-Bone, and let me reach across the table to shake Sir Cheerio's hand. Welcome him back. We've missed you very much. Uh, did the last two episodes without you, and uh, you know, definitely felt a little emptiness in the room when we were doing it. And, and Matt, we weren't the only people that, that missed you. Uh, we discovered uh, over the last week that 
you've got some pretty big fans, or at least one really big fan. That is true. Oh, Maybe we, more on that later when we do uh, ratings and reviews at the end of the show. But okay. uh, you've got a you've got a little bit of a fanboy. All right. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, it's great to be back, guys. I'm I'm sorry I was absent for so long, and uh, I was yeah. Uh, traveling around the world a little bit in the last few weeks uh some of it unexpectedly but uh it's good to be home have you ridden your bike since you've been home no i have not but what i have done is i spent sunday cleaning out my pain cave okay and not only did i find this that lovely... sounds kind of like a euphemism but i know it's not <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, you 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 have been in my. Pain I have cave been in your pain cave during with you. my pain. I might have had a camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that wow. footage may show up at some point. I think it needs to. I need to bring it out. Well, I have enhanced the pain cave since then. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is still really dedicated to pain, and uh, now it's actually I, I had so much crap in there, got rid of a bunch of stuff, and now I can. Get back to Zwifting. Well, Matt, it's finally nice outside. I mean, the whole time you were gone, it was freezing-ass cold here, and you actually had a good reason to ride inside. Now it's nice, and it's time to get back outside, I'm afraid. It is. It is. Unfortunately, I have my daughter's birthday this weekend, so I will probably miss the club ride. Um, well, it's going to be raining, so is it? don't worry. Oh, I don't mind a bit of rain. But, uh Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to being back out on the bike and just being on the bike in general. Well, Matt, this is the first episode that we've recorded this year with you. Uh, so as a group, do we mm-hmm. want to talk about any sort of New Year's resolutions, any any ride goals that we have this year? I think I think maybe I think a good thing would be bike goals. Bike mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. Bike yeah. goals. Could yep. be training, could be rides, could be race promoting. You know, what what are and it's I didn't actually put this in the agenda, but I had the same thought too about what are some of my cycling bike goals for this year. Well, why don't you kick it off then, Bodie? Oh crap, I forgot what they were. Um, <laughs> that's I think, not that's not a good sign. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think one of my goals is to find a really good balance of riding and staying somewhat fit, but also being fit in other aspects of my life um and okay. i and so i i'm maybe gonna try to do some more group rides uh weekday group rides so look out for some events coming soon Ooh, i like are we, that are we talking about some the possible resurgence of tuesday loops tuesday loops the traffic light boogaloo pause oh wait sorry tuesday loops redo yeah, the traffic, traffic light, light boogaloo. boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, I've been kicking around some ideas in my head. I like that. Um, also, I just really want to make Harbor Master Criterium the fifth version, the best it can be. So, Townsend, mm. we've got a lot of work to do on that, and uh, that's right. We're about to get cracking on that. But those those are some of my goals. How about you guys? Well, my uh, ride goals are somewhat similar to what they were last year. That got sort of blown out of the water by my two crashes um i have i would like to try to get as close to ten thousand miles this year as i could um so ten thousand miles would be my goal not off to a great start so far but uh you know that's my just uh 
and 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 for me it's also sort of getting myself back to back to my roots and enjoying uh, club riding and sort of adventure riding and not putting too much emphasis on the race training mm. i want to do some races yeah. but well you've already done two that's and we'll right. talk about those yeah. shortly that's sure. you're you're way ahead of the game way ahead us. of us yeah in yeah. terms of racing the race scorecard you you're kicking our butts yeah matt how about you well mine have been like I, th- I feel like it's been a moving target for me lately uh i've had some health issues um i had some great physical therapy in the last few weeks that have helped me with a bunch of stuff but it's also revealed what the core underlying issues are. I went to my orthopedic surgeon today and I had a really good, really good visit with him. I got a cortisone shot in my hip and uh, hopefully that's gonna give me some short-term uh, boost, you know, some uh, hip doping. Are you gonna need a TUE? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, that's a you good question, I don't know. Up. Can you guys look that up under Lambra? Do I need a TUE? Uh, yeah, so I have cortisone shot in my hip. Uh, right now, it kind of hurts like hell because it was a big ass needle stuck into my hip. But uh, I know from past experience last year that it definitely helped for a short period. Uh, the long term of that is at some point, I'm actually probably going to need an actual hip replacement. That kind of sucks. That makes wow. me feel like an old man. Yeah, Talk so about you masters racer. So you yeah. you've discovered the root of your problem in well, it, and it's that you're an old broken <laughs> Englishman. Yes. Yes, I am an old broken Englishman, but I've also had some kind of, you know, some things that were encouraging uh, not so long ago. I set my best ever 1 minute power, you know, from Kudos. yeah. And Dang. and that was that made me feel good and I I, I know I can go uphill a short distance pretty damn good. So I've got those things going for me. My one goal this year on the race front is to defend the Cat 4 Team Time Trial oh, Championship. Okay. That's my one goal. So yeah, look to... for me shopping for a TT frame set. Also possibly new teammates because I think yes. half your team is probably going to be... That's right. Big boy. At... Uh, well, who would have, whose place I took is going to be a cat three he's already a cat three uh i would imagine you know that uh max, max and taylor, taylor. And by taylor the time that rolls around they should are going to be... be cat threes yeah so it's me and david and some young guns so yep. we gotta we gotta work on that well, I, i'm a cat four former time trial partner of yours <laughs> that's area. right and we uh we look pretty good together on that so yeah. something to think about i could downgrade <laughs> no you're staying at cat three <laughs> Um, well, you know, it has been super cold lately, Townsend, and the last few times we've ridden, it's been freezing, and I've ridden with you, it was cold, and I rode with you, Matt, it was cold, and yep. except this Sunday, I rode, and it was nice, um, the only thing is I got the cops called on me. I called you on Sunday and told you about this. You did, and and, and it took you a minute to get to the, you know, to the end of the story. And I kept waiting for you to talk about how you needed me to come bail you out of jail, (laughs) (laughs) because you you let off with, you know, the cops got called on you, and then I was kept waiting for you to get to the punchline, which, again, I thought was going to be, you know, now I'm in jail and (laughs) I'm in OPP. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you probably would be my first call, so that's smart. It's good to have a lawyer friend. 
but uh, turns out that wasn't the case. You were actually able to do what most people, I, what I advise most people as a criminal defense attorney, I advise most people not to do, which is to uh, talk your way out of things. I did. Yeah. Good job. Well, I don't think I really, I, so what happened was, I'm always peeking around, looking at things. I go on a sun, Sunday, I was like, I'm going to go explore some places. I explored some gravel pits along the Industrial Canal. I just, you know, I'm looking for new areas to ride my bike. I got to get a little bored with the routes around here, so I'm always exploring. So we have our cyclocross course. It's on the People's Avenues Canal. It's a stretch of grass that is 20 yards wide by, gosh, almost a mile and a half long next to a railroad track. I've discovered at the very end of the People's Avenue Canal, there's a small wooded section. And in the summer, it's just like a jungle. It's a forest. You can't even get in there. But this winter, everything is dead, and I rode my bike up there, and I walked around in my skin suit, or my sorry, my, 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 my cycling kit, and kind of got, you know, some branches poking me, and I was like, I should come back with, you know, a couple tools, yeah. and seeing if I could, like, knock out a little bit of trail. So I went home, I ate, I came back, I had a shovel, a rake, and my big, like, hedge clippers. And I spent about an hour... Um, marking out a trail and basically all I did was rake leaves into a way to reveal the dirt around various trees there's a lot of, a lot of deadfall yeah. you could just it's all like these plants these swamp plants that grow up really tall they die and then they're just like these fibrous sticks they're like kindling you can just like move them away um, really easily so I, I made a little bit of a trail and I was pretty excited I went to my car to get my my bike it had a flat tire it's like okay well that's I couldn't ride it. So then I decided to mark out the rest of the trail and I was tromping around through this another wooded section and all of a sudden I see a NOPD walking towards me and he said, hey, can you can you come here? And I said, sure. I said, did someone call the cops on me? He's like, yeah, there, we have reports of someone running around here with bolt cutters. Mm. Um, anyway, I spoke to, the, spoke to the police. I showed them what I was doing or actually I told them what I was doing I asked them if they wanted to see what my trail that I built, because I was kind of proud about it, and they literally could not care less. Right. They said, oh, no, we understand. You're not doing anything back here that's illegal. It's, you're, you're totally fine. And so as I was talking to the, the police officer, a couple residents came over and said they were the ones who called the cops on me. Um, and they were basically like, who the hell are you? Right. What are you doing tromping around in this you know, wooded area filled with trash. I'm sure they probably have like drug, you know, drug users or junkies back there doing some suspicious stuff. So I totally understood their like, you know. Neighborly concern. Yeah, I, I understood. Yeah. Um, and so I, I tried to explain what we were doing. I tried to explain, you know, that we have a trail down the other side. And they, they weren't up, they weren't like super stoked in the idea of a cycling trail, but they also, right. I think, were open to this idea. And I'm hoping to attend one of their, they told me what the neighborhood uh, association was and that I should talk to them about mm. it. And I said I would be more than happy to do that. So I'm hoping to meet up and explain what I was doing and maybe we'll have a small section of trail soon. Okay. Well, the, the people's course on the other end of the, of the avenue has been a big hit so far and has been, I think, a welcome addition to the neighborhood. So maybe this, well, this is a slightly different part of the neighborhood. It's actually, a, technically, it's a different neighborhood, yeah. um, and it's a little bit, 
Yeah, I think it could be welcome. I think it was a good a good reminder of that sometimes we sort of like cyclists or just in general, like we can discover things and think we're the first to find them and like find this area that like these people were there and like they're aware of this wooded area and they right. probably view it in a certain way. And I just kind of came in and mm. just I came in with a like, I'm going to ask for forgiveness as opposed to ask for permission. Yeah, that saying goes, but I understand where they're coming from. Um, I think it could be cool. Who knows? Maybe we could make a trail that the, there was a bunch of kids who were playing basketball who, when the cops showed up, they were really interested in what was going to happen. <laughs> and they had asked me what I was doing. And I said I was building a bike trail and then they kind of lost interest. But there was also a kid riding a motorcycle around. I, I don't know. I could, it could be. Yeah. Could be something, maybe, you know? Was that guy on the tractor riding around? Yes, he actually rode <laughs> Was he really? Yeah, the guy on the lawnmower rode, I think he rode his tractor to Rouse's and then like came back later. So oh. they were like, hey, you're not from this neighborhood. You don't, I was like, well, actually I'm not, but I, I, I know the tractor guy. <laughs> I know, I know the, the tra- guy that has a boat that's on, that's I, on the People's Avenue Canal. And I was oh. like, anyway. Yeah. So that was a long story, but I thought it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and that's our show. Speaking real quick, and then we're, I know we're going to try to segue into some uh, pro cyclocross, and this may be an appropriate segue because it's a little bit of local cross, and maybe mm. we'll come back to this. But um, Wes McWhorter of Roulette, who we interviewed on the last podcast, good friend of the podcast and a good friend of ours and our teammate. Yeah. At, and and at, you guys were at Roulette the Cafe. That's at, right. Yeah, yeah. Which, was, uh, which was great. At Roulette sponsors the Urban South Race Team, uh, and they uh, are about to put on Mardi Cross, the last cross race of the season, which is on February 18th, mm-hmm. and it is going to be at the People's Course this year. That you know, that's a really good idea. I should reach out to these folks and 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 invite them down so they can see um, what you know what this cycling thing is about, cyclocross is about. Because they did mention like we don't want strange people in right. the neighborhood, and it's like fair enough. Um, but we're all fairly nice and respectful, and you know, so that's a good idea. Yep. So that'll be happening, and we'll talk more about that in future episodes as it gets closer to that date. But uh, we had a lot of cyclocross going on. Yeah, we did. On the other side of the uh, on the other side of the Atlantic, in France this mm. time. No May. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you wanna you wanna lead us off? Uh, sure. Okay. So yeah, it was the penultimate World Cup of the season in No May, and it that's really... the second to last for yes. you non English speakers. That's right, and it uh, really kind of wrapped things up, didn't it, for the elite men and the elite women. Yeah, I think the elite men was pretty much wrapped up. Well, yeah. But um, the women still a few questions. I think there still could be some changes in the podium and the overall, but I think the winner of the Women's World Cup overall is locked. It is locked, but she, uh, you know, if we want to start with the women, uh, yeah. I mean, Sana the, did not have a good day. She did not have a good day. and. Nope. We're kind of burying the lead here, but the big news is, and you probably know, is that Kate, uh, Katie Compton won the World Cup. Yep. And fresh off U.S. Nationals, um, got that yep. was that, just a week ago. Yeah. Goes across the pond. 
um, smashes it, really. She pretty much went off the... She had an amazing start. Uh, yeah, which is unusual for her because very she unusual, usually has yeah. a very slow start and then catches up to the lead group. And then if she's doing really good, we'll like pull away from them. But this was basically a tour de force, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, she just went to the front and then was gone. Yeah. Um, and Katie Keogh, also fresh off nationals, got second. Yeah, and, and she really, I mean, hers was a much bigger struggle to kind of get back up there. She was sitting around in that follow group for a while. Uh, Arzufi was, was in second, in for a second while. place for quite a, quite a long time and, and looking she, great. And she, you know, she was looking great, bit, and then she started to really suffer in the latter part of the race and fell back, and I think she got about fifth or sixth. And she got seventh. Really, that far yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, that's a shame because she looked so good and so strong earlier on. That's a, that's a real shame for her. And she's had a great season. I mean, it was a breakout season for her. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, third place was PFP. PFP, I, who I don't, came, I don't, from, came from way back. Was she, is she still staged way back? Yeah, she's still staged she way back. cannot get no respect, huh? Well, I mean, she's going to get more and more respect. But yeah, yeah now she's in resplendent in her french champions kit which and looks really good looks really good they did it right the red french white and blue do that well i mean yes uh the previous men's french national champion uh oh god what is his name Murray? no it's no. No. oh god. previous yeah this, this who just he it's not steve chanel steve chanel won it this year all right but Right before him, it was Venturini. Mornay. Venturini. Venturini. Look, oh, Venturini, yeah. I yeah. thought his national kit was amazing. He just had like all red knickers, right? Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah, the so knickers good. were red and the and the jersey part was white and blue at the top. Yeah. yeah. If that's I, pretty if awesome. I could. If you're just going to go a full on tricolor all the way yeah. down. Yeah. No, I actually think it was a skin suit with full length red uh Leg warmers makes sense. He did that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so getting back, but he to he, the... he was red from the waist down. And can I can I just like you know just a slight side note there, um, oh god, sprinter for Francis de Jeu, uh, Arno Demar. Yeah. Arno Demar's skin suit is just pure red, white, blue, full on skin suit, red, white, blue, the whole thing, no sponsor stuff on it at all. Not because the sponsors of FDJ are a national. It's a national company. It's a right? national lottery, but also because Mark Maddio is like adamant that a French national kit is a French national kit, and it doesn't have anything else on it. Pretty cool. And that's pretty cool. I like yeah. that a lot. Also, just quick point of clarification there, Matt. It's blue, white, red. Yes. Sorry. Red, white, and blue is the uh, good old USA or UK. Yeah. Anyway. But blue top, blue top, white middle, red bottom. First. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so we had Compton first, Keo second, PFP third, Helen Wyman fourth. Yep. But she seemed to be pretty stoked about her ride. Um, I think she, she got caught up in the first corner, uh, went down in the first corner up. So it's an interesting start line, isn't it? Yeah. That, oh boy, like, it goes right into section, those steps. Then a hard mm. left right into the steps and she got hung up with somebody and went down and the, the whole yeah. shot is basically the steps like yeah. the first person the first to the steps is i guess the whole shot yep hey i got a question for you guys mm. do you think if ellen noble given the way she rode in u.s mm. nats beating katie keogh 
Do you think if she had been in this race that we ha- would have had the possibility of an American women's sweep of the World Cup podium? Well, we will never know, will we? But uh, would have been cool. It would have been cool. But an American one, too, is pretty special. Yes. I think it's great. And, and what I was saying about the overall World Cup, uh, I think Sana Khan has first locked up. But Katie Compton, I believe, is in fourth. She's not had a great World Cup campaign. No. Uh, she won the Dave Ave, but she just hasn't been on for the World Cups. And she hasn't raced them all either, which uh, no, she hasn't. doesn't help. I mean, I guess she, well, I, you know, she won, no, sorry. She won the Trek Cup, right? Wait, did she win the World Cup at Waterloo? I was there. I should know. You uh, should know. Yes. I believe mm-hmm. she did. Or was that one of the ones where she had an ASP? No, no, I can't, no, can't right. remember the two no, races. Santa Count won in Waterloo. Yeah. I have the tiger, dude. You took that picture. Okay, that's right. Because the, the, <laughs> the, the first... So, okay. So, Katie Compton won You were right the first Trek time. Cup, yeah. And then Sonic On Saturday. Kant, and then Sonic Count won on Sunday. So, and side note, speaking of, uh, Cycling Tips had a photo contest. Wait, didn't Katie Keogh win that one? No. Okay. All right. Cycling Tips had a photo contest um, this recently and mm. i entered that sonicant photo yeah and i, I didn't win guys okay. I didn't even make it to like the finals i thought that photo was so good i thought it would at least make it to the finals didn't sonicant repost that she did she did that's how good it was yeah. that's oh. it was it was a great photo you were <sighs> robbed yeah cycling tips what's up did you guys get my photos you took my money matt i think katie yeah. keo won jingle cross is what you're thinking of no no she got well. second it's all so long ago. It is okay. all so long ago. Let's move well, let's on to some things that we know about. Right. Let's move, yeah, let's keep going. Okay, uh, let's M- go. MVDP won the men's race. Snooze didn't watch. Uh, I watched the first few uh, laps. But, you know, okay, all right. You didn't watch Snooze, whatever. Yes. But what, the, what was interesting about that race, first lap, MVDP goes into the pit. Oh, yeah. Misses, misses his pit. Misses his he pit. He does. He goes right past it. He goes right past it and then goes, oh, wait, hang on. I've got to go back there. And like, he gets off his bike. That's interesting, isn't it? He gets off his bike and walks it back and then gets his new bike and carries on. And another interesting fact, this was a left-handed pit. It's the only left-handed World Cup pit. Actually, the only left-handed pit I've seen all season. Isn't that weird? This is the only... God damn the French. They have to be different. It was the only Hmm. pit that was on the other side for everybody. Well, it may have been that the course just works out to where that's the natural place for it, and it needs to be on that side so that you can enter it from two different sides of the course. Every other pit in every other race I've seen this season has been on the right. Because, I mean, you could just technically switch the lane and just have you go on the left side and the pit be on the right well i'm sorry wait a second matt what isn't it going to be on the right side in one direction no. and the left side in the other no, direction I that too until i <laughs> no it's always on oh, the of right because yeah. you're going a different yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so this was the only pit i've seen in any pro cross race this season that was on the left and he, he he went right past his man he did. and he was like rubbing shoulders with like one of the um uh, God, one of the uh, Sven Nice, uh, the, the Telnet Fidea Lions, and then he was like yep. bumping shoulders, and the guy was like looking at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah. brakes, turn around. And yet, even that, yeah. even that, and of course he like brings himself back up to the front and then just blows Wout out yeah. again. Uh, imperious. 
totally yeah. imperious. He's just like, well, whatevs, you know. And then, yeah. you know, what was nice though, in this race, he comes across the line, he slows down, goes over to the left and gives granddad a hug. Gives Poo Poo a big hug who's waiting at why? the finish line. Now, why did that happen? Because Poo Poo was there. It's, uh, it's in France. Like... And his granddad is French. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and, uh, and so Poulidor was there, like, handing out uh, stuff on the podium. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, Which was kind of sweet. Yeah. But, so yeah. we've got one more World Cup race. Yep. And... Men's is tied up. That's done. Yeah. Men's is tied up. And then, and then we go to the World Champs. Oh, and the last World Cup is the Grand Prix Adri Vanderpol. So the so at Hugerheim. This is that's his dad. That's his dad. Yeah, yeah. So usually the World Cups don't have those uh, race uh, designate. Uh, this one does. Interesting. Okay. Yep. All right. It's the Grand Prix Adri Vanderpol. It's his home race. It's a victory lap, basically. Yeah. Well, and Worlds this year is in Valkenburg. Valkenburg. Yeah, on the Kauberg, which is the that's the Kauberg, um, you know, which is the. Hill. Wait, did they did they race at Valkenburg this year? No. Wait. Don't, so don't, what's... If, if it's okay, so it's a, that was a world. If it's a World Cup race, they go around the different World Cup races, and that's what becomes the World Championship. I get Valkenburg race. confused with the other race that's held in the cobbles. That has the, the Koppenberg. No, that's the Koppenberg Cross, which is not a World Cup race. Yeah, okay. and it's also in Belgium as opposed to the Netherlands. Oh my god, I can't. Wow. And, the, right. and the Valkenberg okay. is not actually a cobbled race. Uh, right? not... No, I know, but what's the had the the cobbled climb where Katie and Helen Wyman Helen Wyman won? Yeah, yep. that was and that, that was Koppenberg Cross. Okay. Yeah, I get that confused with Valkenburg. All right. So, so move- speaking of uh, speaking of the World Cup or the World Championships, we had the announcement that caught a lot of people by surprise this year that uh, Kevin Powell's is being left off of the Belgian team that's going to Cyclocross Worlds. What do you yeah. guys think about that? Crazy, and he's he's ranked. I mean, they're he's ranked higher in the world than like two or three other people on the team. Right. He hasn't had some great finishes, but he podiumed. He's consistent. He's always year, consistent. Right? Yep. So how do you, even though you've had a bad year, you podium last year. Come on. Well, I don't know what the criteria that the Belgian, you know, cyclocross federation uses to pick their team. But obviously, uh, well, Van Aert, Lawrence Sweek, Toon Aerts. Yeah, those guys totally. Are, those guys are locks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think Michael Van Turnout, probably a lock. Yep. It's yep, when you get down to Quentin Herman's, Tim Merlier, Tim and Dan, Dan Sota that you start well, wondering what's that's up. The thing. Tim, Tim Merlier has had some pretty. He was had some pretty. Didn't he finish fourth? Didn't he finish fourth this last week? And you know, Merlier's had some good recent results. Uh, uh, Kevin I Kevin has know. literally been in Kevin's place in like seventh or eighth. Uh, I think Kevin's which, which, place whereas is he used to be he... third, right? Yeah, it was always like Kevin was in third. But I feel like I mean, I guess it seems like you would give him the benefit of the doubt because he is Kevin Powell's, and he could have a really strong ride. Maybe next year, yeah, he doesn't make it in. But you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's is this a uh, you know, as you guys were talking about last week about a passing of the torch on an. A really unfortunate passing of the torch with like no decision about it. Like, okay, 
he was the best of the rest before and now he's like not quite the best of the rest and it's like well kevin's still kevin's not kevin's not really up there he's kind of about there but there's all these young guns that are yeah, coming up who are who are showing like really good performances but not as consistent as yeah. him he is mr consistency but he's just his consistency is lower now. it, it seems like you're right that it's right that now. it really is about yeah age versus youth um maybe a decision to uh, end the smooth jazz era and move on to the era of young rock and rollers? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's all, you know, it's all whatever they call it these days. Uh, it's all dubstepy or whatever, grindcore or I don't know. Whatever We're going to miss is. your receding hairline. And, and your and your and your rap stylings, uh, but the, oh but cycling news uh, cycling news actually pointed out that it might be a violation of the UCI rules that say you're supposed to have the top three ranked riders in your country, uh, so long as they're in the top fifty overall, and he meets those criteria. Is it, he is still ranked top three? He's no no he's the he's the top he's the third he's highest ranked world. Belgian rider. Well, okay, so number one is obviously Wout. Number two must be Toon. Uh, Sweek is actually the second highest well, ranked. Well, Toon would have to be third now, right? I mean, from his performances this year and last year? Well, I, I could tell you if the UCI page would load. But, I mean, we can, we can literally just, we don't have to speculate. Well, I can tell you right now that he is, he is seventh in the world, mm. um, and he is the third highest ranked Belgian. Sorry, he's the fourth. Oh, he is. Woot, Sweek. Tune, and uh, Kevin, then Michael, then Quentin, then Tim, hmm. and then Dan is down in thirteenth. Anyway. Yeah, that's just, that's okay. So that's an so that's the thing is like, why would you have Dan over? Kevin? Dan got on the podium at the World Cup uh, at Trek, but and Kevin hasn't had a podium. Well, I think that's a little bit cruel. Well, I Kevin. think we need to uh, move on. I cue, yeah. the, cue the Kenny G. Mm, and segue to our next segment Songbird peace out K-Pal okay so so road season started yeah Rosie, it's not only started; it's all, it's all already a week in. Yeah, it feels it's like crazy. it just feels like it's in full swing. It's, it's nuts. insane because it's January, but yeah. it's you know in Australia it's it's the, the middle end, of summer. And it's, I, I listen. And it's hot as balls. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say yeah, forty it's, degrees Celsius, which it sounds cold to me. No, what is? <laughs> which is hotter than the sun? That's not true. It's but. Ins- no, but it's insanely hot. That's insanely hot. Forty. Somebody look it up. Forty degrees Celsius. It's like one hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one hundred and ten degrees. It's, it's like stupid. ridiculous. And actually, I mean that that we could talk about that because Australians were complaining about the heat. Nathan Haas was saying it was too hot for them to yeah, be racing. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you we kind of have to realize that this is going to be a continuing issue that cycling is going to face. Cycling. <laughs> um, <laughs> As things get hot, no, and you know Adam Hansen, I mm. guess as the 
riders, representative of the CPA, had to deal with some of these issues. This caught week. a lot of flack and probably unwarranted too from a lot of people. It's like there's a lot of things that were like out of his hands. It's nothing to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also seems like that the they just also don't have a really strong riders union. Um, but, well, let's yeah. talk about the race. Although, mm-hmm. let's not go stage by stage yeah, and talk about not. it. But um, guys, did you all? watch a good bit of this or nope. follow it uh on the news i didn't watch a whole lot of it myself i'd watched some recaps and yeah recaps followed it day by day me and matt watched the end of olunga waiting for you to show up i i i actually watched um a reasonable amount of it uh obviously you know they have the people's classic is the uh, kind of uh, crit race that they have a couple of days before. It used to be part of the same race. Now it's a separate thing. Sagan, boom. Curse of the Rainbow Jersey wins his first race of the season. That's that's terrible, right? <laughs> that's awful news for Sagan. He breaks He's all already holds. won his yeah. very first race of the season. That can't go well for him. And so, then he won a stage too. Yes, he did win a stage. Yeah, very. I mean, and in a, a very bold, awesome move. Kind of a uh, lumpy stage that uh, was expected to be a GC separator, and wound up uh, Sagan taking it. Yes, and uh, that was actually, in some ways, fairly decisive. Probably about the re- final result. Well, it certainly was decisive in terms of Richie Port not getting the distance that he might have wanted to get in that stage over some of his competitors. Yep. He obviously was the favorite going into the race. Yep. He did everything he was supposed to do on Wollonga Hill. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, clawed back a good bit of time, but didn't claw back enough time on a surprising winner. Uh, Daryl Impey. Daryl Impey. Yeah. South African uh, Daryl Impey was the overall winner. And great, great race for South Africa. They also got the King of the Mountains, uh, the uh, guy with Dimension Data. Dimension Data rider who, whose last name I am now completely forgetting. I've, I'd never seen him before, so he is, yeah. I don't feel bad about not knowing his name, but yep. yeah. So that him. was awesome. And then also the Gorilla got two stage wins and uh, Caleb Ewan got one. It's a lot of different winners. Uh, a lot of different winners. Uh, let's not forget the women's race. It was a 1-2 it was a double for uh, Mitchelton Scott, I believe they're now called, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, uh, Michelton. No, I think it's, it's Mitchelton. Mitchelton. Yeah. Mitchelton Wines. Mitchelton Scott. Uh, it's a yeah. So Amanda Spratt uh, doubled up. She won last year and won again this year. So an equal payout to equal, the men's and women. Yes, kudos to awesome. them. And also talking of equal payouts. Uh, Cyclocross Worlds is going to be equal payouts for men and women too. Nice. Yeah. Good to see. So this is it. Progress. We're seeing it right now in 2018. That's awesome. So Bodie, you've got parking lot race on the agenda here. Did you and Matt have a race in my parking lot before I we came in here I put that on there. So every year during this whole thing, is like it's like Adelaide is, or Radelaide as it's huh. called, uh, is a big you know it's a big cycling deal and there is a i'm guessing unsanctioned probably uh multi-story parking lot race that goes oh, parking on. garage parking garage or okay, a parking sorry. garage as you would say you yeah we'd call it a, uh we'd call it a multi-story parking it's a lot of words to just describe a parking garage whatever all right so anyway yes 
they do this on a parking garage. It's a hill climb parking garage race that they hold every year. Um, I think that's kind of a cool event. And that's something that people could do everywhere, especially for places that are closed during the evening. There's not people in there. I think that's a, a really cool format. And they do that every year in Wonder how many? Do you know how many stories they go? I don't know how many stories they go. I would like to know how many there are, but we have lots of parking lots around here. That's I actually know of a spot you could do that, and I did it last year. Um, it's it's an abandoned building that has like a four to five story uh, ramp. I we, thought that I thought the uh, the Nola Fix crew goes and does like parking lot ra- parking garage. They races. might have done that in their last event, um, and they could have done it. I spoke with Taylor about this, but yeah, it would be kind of a fun little thing to do. Just kind of maybe one. Uh... It's an interesting idea. I think it's another format that's uh, really kind of cool and could be something that, you know, I think anywhere around the world, there's a lot of flat places like here, mm-hmm. but you could do a hill climb race up a parking lot. So or yeah. a parking garage or whatever you want to call it. So just a thought, just talking about, just putting it out there. Anyway. That so let's my... uh, let's crash through the rest of this road news so we can get on to some uh, local stuff and start yeah. talking about some of our bros. Yeah, okay. Uh, you, we've got toured the San Juan, but yeah, I got Walter, nothing. Uh, San Juan. Okay, I watched a little bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, just to, you. Do, I mean, what are you doing? It's January. It's January. It's already hot. I don't want. To... I don't want to say too much about this one. Uh, Gaviria already looking good. Uh, obviously, he's going to be there at that one. You know, this is in Argentina, so obviously a lot of uh, Latin American teams. Obviously, Movistar is going to be there. Uh, Rafael Maika is there and looking pretty fresh. Uh, they had a bit of a climbing stage recently. I think he finished third on the stage. But today was the thing that really impressed me. Ryan Mullen, formerly of uh, Cannondale team, I believe, who's now moved over to Trek Segafredo, just got his first win in the time trial. Time trial was on a regular road bike, but they had disc back wheels and deep dish front wheels, but nothing else. No like aero bars or anything. Mm-hmm. They were just on regular road bikes. He smashed the time trial. Um, it was like around a 15 minute effort or whatever. And he smashed it by about 25 seconds. Uh, is he the Irish time trial champion? He is the Irish time trial champion. And also, uh, I understand now that he is training with uh, Tony Martin's former trainer. So, I mean, look for big things in the in the TTs with him. He's like obviously on form very early in the season and really looking good. And so, I, I'm giving a straight panache vote to his uh, Trek Segafredo Irish Time Trial Champions jersey. Yes, I will uh, cheers you on that. That is that is panache. Ching, ching. Ching. But I'm also totally dissing the regular Trek Segafredo kit because it looks like trash uh, when it's not the Irish Time Trial Champions jersey. Yeah, and also on his ride home after the ceremony... Uh, he got a little bit lost and somebody helped him with directions <laughs> and he gave them a national time trial jersey as a present for thanking Very them. Nice. Yes. I would wear that jersey. Top man. Panache. All right. Uh, moving on. 
you have Mallorca on here, but I don't. I don't have. I okay, don't. well, I'm just saying that, that starting tomorrow or the day after is the uh, Mallorca Cup. It's like a bunch of like four individual races. That's another big, fresh, early season. Isn't that uh, where they all live and people. train? Yes. So they're all like in training camps and whatever. And so then they... yeah. So this is like an essentially a training camp, sort of like intramurals, well, kind of an yeah, intramural. intramural, intramural I mean, these race. are all effectively in some ways training races except for you know you got to remember that uh tour down under is a world cup yeah so that's that's actually more yeah it's it's a a world World tour Tour race yeah so it has like real there are points there in that race that yeah will help you throughout the rest of the year the mallorca thing is really like a lot of like test stuff for, for these guys but uh the other thing we've got coming up is the cuddles race uh is coming up this weekend. The Australian Great Ocean it? Great Road Ocean Road Race. Yeah. 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 Otherwise known as the Cuddles Race. Absolutely. And, okay. Uh, Sounds so, soft. So that's that's a big one day more one day hot race. Aussie racing. Yeah. Hot Just Aussies. wait till we get to the Middle Eastern deserts. That's right. Uh, um, can't wait. So I, I put this in there because we've never talked about um old Froom Dog mm. and his uh the dust up. And I don't really think we need to belabor this in any way. No, but, but I, I think we should each give a quick hot take on it. Quick hot take. Yeah. And yeah, you're, the, I mean, you're the best at the hot takes, Bodie. So why don't you take it away? <laughs> well, in a hot I think he fucked up and he needs to be banned. Wow, that and that's it. Okay. Sure. One, one yeah. sentence hot take. I okay. mean, yeah. Okay, his kidneys malfunctioned. Whatever. Like, there's a rule. You broke it. Okay. I I agree with the first part of what you said. I think it's his fault. I think he should pay some consequence. But my feeling about this is is that cycling has a problem not being able to differentiate between minor doping and major doping. And I think this is a minor offense, but it all falls under the heading of doping. And every time there's any kind of doping, it just everybody starts freaking out and talking about how cycling is just a bunch of dopers and no other sport does that to itself and cycling does that to itself and it's got an image problem people break rules in every sport but it doesn't always yeah. rise to the level of people questioning the the integrity of the sport itself and that's what happens every time you hear the word doping and this is not blood doping this is not you know EPO, EPO. this is yeah. you know this, this is something different and it's a problem. It needs to be addressed. Um, some sanction needs to be imposed. But we don't need to start, you know, singing the 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 funeral song for cycling as you know nothing but a bunch of dopers. Fair enough. That's that my take, hot take. That take smelled fresh. Wow. That's uh that that was, in, a very eloquent and uh, and impressive. I uh, I I I have no idea. I, yeah, I think I think it's too messy. It's all too messy with with cycling. It doesn't have any clarity that this is this means this, this means that, this means the other. Uh, I think it sucks. I think the way Sky's handling it is terrible. Once again, terrible. I think they've done a terrible job for for a team that is so big and so rich and so powerful and has all these people working for them. They are doing a really poor job of handling any of these things. The Wigo thing. Yep. This thing. I. I. It just like it. The Moscon thing. The Moscon thing. Yeah. There All is. of it. I mean, any kind of 
thing, all of that stuff, they're really burying their heads in the sand way too much. And I think they're taking this unfortunate position of we're going to, we're going to wait. We're not going to say anything because we're going to work with our lawyers and blah, 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 blah. And they're not doing a very good PR job at all. And let's put it this way. Uh, there's not a, there's not a Brit in charge of the UCI anymore. Lapartian is not happy with what they're doing, and I agree with him. It's not good for cycling. And this who's is not? This is the yeah. biggest name, you know. Apart, you know, you could say Sagan's the biggest name, but this is somebody who theoretically won two Grand Tours in one year, and the way they're dealing with this is atrocious what has been silence their silence is culpability as far as i'm concerned right now it's not good where have the biggest gains in popularity in cycling been made over the last five years in what country or part of the world great britain yes right yep uh you had the olympics in 2012 you had you know bradley wiggins you've now got chris 2008 2012 you know, I mean, it, 2016. I and, mean, it's been phenomenal. And who stands to lose? And what is the absolute model that you can look at to, to, to say who stands to lose? Who stands to lose is the popularity of cycling in a, in a, in a country, uh, in a region, where the cycling has finally cracked into the mainstream of yeah. popularity. And look at what happened in the United States when the same thing happened when we had a successful cyclist. Totally different thing. You know, I mean, Lance Lance did something far more egregious than anything that that Sky or Froome or Wiggins or any of those folks have done, in my in my opinion. But right. it absolutely destroyed the following of of cycling in the states. And if the UCI allows the same thing to happen in Britain somehow, because Chris Froome took some extra puffs on an asthma inhaler, right? For shame. Well, and I gotta and say, and I gotta say, just to add one more thing to my take is that this actually bums me out because I think, as a fan, I'm not a huge Sky fan per se, or even Froome, right. but I was a fan of the three Grand Tours in a row. I like the idea of that spectacle and the feet, and now it's it's tarnished. It is tarnished. So, and and they they have done nothing to make that any less tarnished they've, yeah. do, they've done nothing they've they've really neglected what the fans want you know as much as anything you know we what we want some clarity we want some transparency if they can say if they could come up and say you and know some what humility you know what yeah some humility yeah Fuck. and that that's like that's that's the biggest issue that i have is like they're not being not you know they need to be way more open about this, way more open, way more transparent about this. If it was a mistake, it's a mistake. Admit that you made a mistake, but you've got to do something soon. I mean, this is just like the silence. It gets worse and worse, and it's getting bad within their own team. While Poles is like, I, I want to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, You know, everybody wants to know what's going on. Froome is still like out there on Instagram and Twitter, like, "Hey, I'm out on a training ride. I just did a bunch of miles. I'm feeling great." It's like nothing about this whatsoever. It's like, come on, 
This we don't give a shit about what you're doing right now. We want to know what's going on with this. Yeah, well, and the rest of the team is trying to figure out what their program for the season's going to be, and whether yeah. Chris Froome is there or not is going to have a huge How does impact. Garrett on Thomas feel right now? Right. How does Wout Pauls feel right now? How does Mihal Kwiatkowski feel right now? These are the guys like you know you got like big dollar guys. Kwiatkowski is like a big money player, right? I think in summary, guys, know what yeah. his program is, what what we're saying, I think, in essence, all three of us in different ways is that the mess that has been created is far bigger than the mistake that was yeah. made. Yeah, and, I, I think so, too. I think they've handled this terribly. And that's really surprising in with an organization that is backed by a media company. <laughs> that is bizarre to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was okay. Some good hot taken. Woo. Yeah. All right. I felt good. All right. Yeah. So I think we should shake it off. We should cue the Lambra theme. We need a Lambra theme song. Sir Cheerio is going to come up with one. But, and you know, and, and I think Lambra. we should we should start talking about uh. It's going to sound something like the theme song to Magnum PI. So we have had some racing locally going on here. Yeah. So road race. So the the, the road racing has started in the, in the world tour, and believe it or not, road racing has started in our local area, albeit a little bit of road racing. <laughs> and and Townsend, you uh, are the guy in the podcast who did a little gravel grinding. A little gravel grinding. Yeah, I dialed up uh, dialed up my grinder app and uh, headed <laughs> up to uh, <laughs> headed up to Ridgeland to the Dead Man Gravel Grind. Great event. Second year that this event has happened. Scott Cuppersmith, our Lambert Road Championship, puts the race on. Really hoping that, that Scott will think about sanctioning it next year, uh, making it part of the Lambert race calendar, but as it's a race in our area and, you know, we're all bros and we're all about racing, I mean, it certainly deserves coverage as a quasi Lambra event, a road race event in the region. It's a uh, 45 mile uh, mixed gravel and uh, road race. I think it's a fantastic What lead. kind of percentage of gravel to road yeah. is it? It's about 50 50. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that, that's, uh, you know, foreshadowing, that's an interesting, uh, tire talk. Yeah. And we'll get there for sure. So yeah, it's a 13 mile loop with a little bit of a start spur that adds a couple miles to it. The, uh, men's 40 plus and the men's, uh, under 40 did three laps. The women did three laps and the elite class elite men and women uh if i don't think any women raced the elite race but they did four laps so their race was uh, 60 65 or i'm doing the math wrong sorry about 60 miles that's an interesting uh division is the the elite and then the age group yeah but usually age groups are you know above a certain age various categories this had it was in a, like a below 40 the below masters age group yeah it was a sort of an open masters and then an open non-masters men's field yeah and, and then an elite field on top of that okay and um so yeah with about 50 percent gravel um 
I, I have a couple uh, thoughts about the race. First, I thought it was a great length for a gravel race. We all know that the, you know, the iconic gravel road race in our region and by some accounts in the, in the country, uh, an elite gravel road race is Rouge Roubaix. Uh, I've raced Rouge Roubaix for the last five years in a row. So it's, a, it's an event that I like. A lot of people sort of base their season around the Rouge and, and the excitement that training for Rouge and racing it provides. But that is a really, really long race. And yeah. it, it's so long that in some ways it, it isn't fun. It's just, it's just painful. Well, it's attrition, isn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's an attritious race. Uh, it's long road sections. You know, that's, that's the thing about Rouge is like the gravel is actually a very short part of the race, but it's very decisive. Uh, so it's kind of, it, it, it's fairly unique in that point. It's not a gravel race. Yeah, it's, I thought... a, it's a road race with some gravel sections that are killer sections. This was a good length. I have to say, I thought that 45 miles was just enough to be really hard. You could race it really hard the whole way. You know, yeah. Rouge, you get sort of blown out, and by, you know, the last gravel section at Rouge, you're just kind of hanging on. Uh, this was one where you could really push it the whole race. At least I could really push it the whole race. Some people maybe can push it for the whole yeah, I think 100 miles of Rouge. I think that's interesting, though, and, and, and we see this even in the, in the Pro Tour, these shortened, state, shortened races in these mm. uh, Grand Tours become a little more exciting. They'll have a... 90k mountainous stage or whatever and i think that there is in with a usac race uh, road racing you do have a certain length a road race needs to be in order for upgrade to be qualified for upgrade points but not every race has to be necessarily an upgrade race right so i mean you could do you could sanction a race like this that's 45 miles for the elite race and and you might not get points but it's it's still a result. Uh, it's it still comes with the uh, the USAC sanctioned benefits of a really good officials timing, uh, you know, on a national registry. So right there is there and then and then especially here in Louisiana with the heat, and we have these races in the middle of the summer that are eighty that I've raced or like and then one two three is like 80, 90 miles. It's just and brutal you know like yeah. i would love a 50 mile road yeah, race no, this this was this was great the weather was the weather was perfect no overheating you know just a great great day to race a bike on you know, started in the started in the 40s it was probably in the 60s by the time we finished right beautiful beautiful day beautiful gravel just a lot of a lot of fun doing it um and we had a decent result for the team. Charlie Thomas yeah. uh, finished in second place in the men's under 40 race. Uh, he flatted on the last lap of the race, managed to jump off his bike, do a quick tire change. Wow. And I don't mean get a tire from the wheel truck. I mean get off his fix bike. Fix his flat. Fix his flat with a tube that he was carrying in his pocket, get back on it, and still finish in second place. Was there a wheel truck? Well, let, let's there was hold no that for truck. tire talk. Okay, because okay. that's that's okay. important. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we could segue into that right now if you wanted to, Matt. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Well, you know, well, I wanted to hear about you. Oh, so I, I raced in the forty plus. Uh, I uh, there was a 
early on in the race, because it was kind of a short race, uh, nobody was holding back. It, it went pretty hard from the gun. There was a early selection of 10 riders that went clear of the field. It was about a 25 rider field. Um, and but you made that selection. I made that selection. Uh, Butch well, Sims, Rolando Roman, a couple guys from Memphis were in that. Uh, a few guys from Ridgeland. That, some that strong, I, strong, strong riders. Strong riders. And um, you were there. I was there with them for a bit. I lost contact with them in the uh, in the first gravel section uh, because I got kind of bogged down in, into some thick gravel and just got a little bitty gap that just started growing, and I ended up... Uh, about six six guys went off the front, and I rode with a group of four uh, for the majority of the race, and we raced it out for P six, seven, eight, and nine, and I I think I ended up finishing eighth. Um, again, the the results were only posted one through five uh, because it wasn't a USAC race. Uh, I think Scott was saying that he might be posting the full results, but I I really don't know how accurately they they calculated it. Uh, right. I was just kind of keeping track myself of where I was, but yeah, I felt great. I rode strong, had a had a good uh, had a good day, and and really enjoyed it. Um, my bike setup was great this year. I rode my cross bike with some fat slick tires. Uh, last year, I rode my road bike with some twenty eight gravel kings. They were a little bit narrower than I would have liked last year, so this year I went with some thirty two continental. Four seasons. Hmm. I know Matt. You said I uh, that was a challenge fail, as you called it, and I <laughs> well, should have gone with the challenge. John Bon Jovi's. Well, uh, I would have gotten a compass. Uh, excuse me, the a, a compass fail. What did I say? Compass fail. I said yeah. challenge. You should have gone with the John Bon Jovi. I, I should have gone with the. Uh, yeah, you could have borrowed bon my John Bon Jovi's. You know, uh, I'm not using them right now. But you would also have needed a tubeless ready rim to put those That's right. Bon Jovi's on. I think you could have gone with the uh, 32 Continental Grand Prix. I get a little bit better flat protection and sidewall protection well, there is on a the 32, Four Seasons. I believe there's a 32 Gravel King that is a little bit more gnarly uh, as well. It's got a bit more tread. It's got more yeah. tread than the uh, 28 Gravel King. Yeah. Yeah, it does have a little more tread. I mean, there's a lot more options you could have gone with, but you know, hey, whatever. You you had a great race. I had a great race, and uh, you didn't flat. I didn't flat. You the didn't tires flat. worked Unlike out well. Charlie, who did flat, running a twenty-five slash twenty-three uh, specialized Roubaix, non-tubeless, as far as I'm con- as far as I know. Non-tubeless. Right? Yeah, he was running non-tubes. Non-tubeless, whereas. Pretty sure. Okay, so he was on his uh, specialized Roubaix. He was. Uh, no, specialized. Uh, not Roubaix. Uh, it's the the tarmac. Are, tarmac. Yeah. Yeah. Tarmac disc that he has the S Works disc. Very nice bike that it is too. Uh, disc. Uh, yeah. Give so, him more clearance. So he's got disc. He's got. I'm pretty sure those rims are tubeless ready. He could run at least a 28. At least, and that would have been, you know, he could have run a great tubeless ready twenty eight. I don't think he would have flatted. I think he would have won that race. Well, I will say he definitely would have won the race if he hadn't flatted, because I ended up beating the guy who won that race, and Charlie was in 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 front of me riding with that guy, and 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 the guy who ended up winning the under forty race completely bonked. 
and and got passed up by a, a bunch of us masters and, and charlie would would not have uh suffered that fate All right. it so, was it was the flat that cost him the race i will say though so matt I'm, I'm gonna say charlie i love you great result poor tie shows charlie did thank me for suggesting that he <laughs> ride the road bike with uh uh with regular tires though because mm. i think he felt like he really had an advantage on the road sections um his yeah. other choice was the cross- <laughs> sorry his other sorry. choice was the cross bike with uh with knobby cross tires so mm. i think he was happier with the with the slicks even though it did cost him a position and it but cost it, him a flat it does look like there was a mountain bike that made the podium in the elite race that's right miles juno um which I but I don't know. Did he have slicks on the mountain bike? He did not. He had knobby mountain bike tires. Yeah, mountain, yeah. How big? I don't even know how you measure mountain bike tires, but they were fat. Inches. You measure them in inches. Yeah. <laughs> like a one point seven five. They look. That would be tiny for they, a mountain bike. Would it look, be? Yeah, they look. They look pretty even, small. I, I think like it was, maybe a, maybe a two. This is a very roady mountain bike, um, and I, I saw that uh, Jack White went off the front, also got a flat. Yep, um, and that cost him the win. Uh, Dustin Drews won the race. It looks like Dustin Drews beat again. Yeah, Miles Dustin doubled up. He doubled meet, up. And Dustin Drews is on a cross bike. I noticed that. Uh, he really? beat. He beat. Dustin Drews has a cross bike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he races. Okay. Dustin Drews races with will it. be uh, racing cross next year. He's That's raced great. cross a few seasons. Yeah, uh, he did. I remember. I he, I he remember he rolled a tubular at the New Orleans DSGP race um, in in epic fashion. Uh, I think he suffers from the J-Pow issue of his really big calves, and, and the, if it's too hot, they hit the water bottle in the middle. But anyway, I saw that he beat Miles <laughs> Juno in a sprint. So it was a cross bike, and yeah. they ro- cross and a mountain bike and a sprint at a gravel race. So it sounds like these gravel races are kooky. They are kooky. Kooky, kooky AF, crazy. man. Kooky, kooky AF. AF. Crazy. Hey, um, you've got the, I guess you've got a photo in front of you that you're looking at. Was Miles wearing his DSGP winner's jersey in the race? I think I remember seeing him in that. He definitely was. Yeah, he was wearing his long sleeve DSGP, DSGP overall from uh, 2014. Yes. Nice. So, right. yeah, lots of different bikes, lots of different tire choices. I was riding with a guy who was on a road bike with... 25s maybe even 23s um he was swimming in some of that gravel but you know made it yeah beat me at the end. i think i would have i think i would have gone i thought about going um i think if it was sanctioned i probably would have gone um i was going to do the under 40 race uh, i would have done the richie with my 25 gator skin in the back and four seasons in the front uh sorry grand prix in the front well, you probably would have won, Bodie, if you had managed not to fly. I don't know. I'm pretty out of shape. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Uh, well, you've got another chance this weekend. There's another gravel race I'm coming in. up, and it's in Hattiesburg. It's the first race of the Mississippi Gravel Cup, the Camp Shelby Gravel Grind. Mm. Um, and talking to uh, uh, the organizer of that race. Is that Butch? No, that's Jason Shearer. Okay. He's putting that on. Yeah. And he was saying that uh, he recommends uh, cross bike with uh, some tread on the tires, not uh, not slicks for mm. for the Camp Shelby gravel grinder. Interesting. 
Okay, oh. is that going to be a lot of gravel then? It's almost all gravel. 95% gravel in that Interesting. race. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And it's a 50 or a 100 miler. Wow. So uh, definitely different things to consider for that race. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's cool that we have a lot of new... Uh, a new events yeah well new new events and and new challenges as well you know so i think those of us that have cross bikes and those of us that have road bikes those of us that have moat mountain bikes you know there's like more opportunities and the more opportunities we have in the region the more styles of racing and everything i think that makes it all a lot more interesting to me so i'm excited about that whether i'll do any of them i don't know but i'm very excited to hear about them and see them and maybe i'll do one or two i don't know well i think i'm gonna go do hattiesburg this weekend at least it may be the only one of those three gravel races that i do but dude you're an animal Townsend is just like crushing us on the actually showing up to doing to do racing this year Probably, yeah, so probably I, winning the podcast this week. Yeah. I think so. I think uh, uh, not. Probably, I think definitely. I think definitely we can hand you the win yes. for the podcast. But the speaking of winning, let's segue to another race you went to, which yeah. I heard you did not do very well. No, I did horribly at that race, and but I'm our ashamed to say, well, yeah, um, which was the North by Northwest uh, version two or second version. Uh, cross race in Pensacola, Florida. Second Passage, I think they okay. refer to it as. That, okay. North by Northwest, Second Passage. So Florida, Pensacola, PNSCX going strong uh, with a January cross, mm. um, keeping the season going. And you went, Townsend. Yeah, I got you up at... the uh, double weekend. You yeah. raced in uh, so uh, you, Ridgeland you on Saturday. You came back home. And I will tell you. went out the next morning yeah, I will, to race in Pensacola. I will give you a very quick run back of my weekend i drove to ridgeland friday night stayed with allison and lewis harkey got up saturday morning did the dead man gravel grind took a shower drove home got home late in the evening on saturday i called wes i was about to bail on the pensacola race because i really didn't feel like getting up and driving to pensacola the next morning but i called wes and wes said he would wait on me and leave the next morning and give me a ride so i got up at 4.30, 4.30, we left at 4.45 to drive to Pensacola. I watched the Women's uh, World Cup cross race in the roulette van on the way to Pensacola. That's pretty sweet. Spent the day in Pensacola watching my teammates race. Our race was at 2 o'clock. Raced that race at 2 o'clock. Um, had some lunch and then uh, drove home and got back to New Orleans at, uh, at about 7 30 8 o'clock that evening. So, yeah, it was a long weekend of racing for me. I was completely, completely blown up. By the time the Pensacola race, uh, my Pensacola race happened. But let me just give you a quick rundown of this race. Really well produced. Those guys um, have really got their have really got their shit together. Uh, really challenging course. Sandy. It wasn't it, just sandy, loose soil. Some several uh, forays back into some single track back in the woods. Um, a lot of little up and downs, a lot of little power sections through the sand, very technical and just way, way more than I was ready for. Uh, but we had uh, teammates from both Urban South and from uh, Semi Tough Cycling or Semi Tough Racing 
had Eric Stewart showed up and uh, just crushed it in the uh, single speed and in the men's uh, one, two, three race. Oh, he won both? He won the single, single speed, speed race and finished second in the one, one two, two, three race. He's going to be an Urban South teammate. He's going to be an Urban South teammate. Yeah. Uh, we also had Daniel Swan from New Orleans rides with the rides with us. Doesn't isn't officially um, affiliated with SDCC or the Urban South team, but right. is is a bro of ours. Uh, he finished second in the single speed race to Eric, and then second in the Cat Four race yeah. uh, to Jason Nix, who was he, won. Was he riding a, uh, a specialized women's bike, or was he riding? Uh, I don't know. I just want to Daniel check. might have borrowed a bike from Matt and not given it back. So Daniel, still waiting on that, Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Here's my wife's bike. Oh, he, so he he raced that in the in the fours race. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know either. Well, I know he raced his single speed in the single speed race. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying that uh, friend uh, of the podcast, yeah. Jason Nix, won his first uh, cross race, Cat Four. Yeah. Cat Four race. Yeah. It, congratulations, man. And that um, was uh, yeah. Great yep. guy, and too. I Very, actually, really super nice guy. And a big, big friend of the podcast. Huge yeah. friend of the podcast. So, and we uh, interviewed him. I had a very nice talk with yeah. him as we on, on our inter- at the interview we had. Yeah, very nice guy. So, Jason, I was looking at your results, and I noticed you went from fourth to third to two to one. That was nice. I also yeah. noticed that means you have nine upgrade points. Mm-hmm. Um you're you're pretty much a cat three. Uh, I'm not your upgrade coordinator, so I, I can't put that through. He's but on uh, the cusp, you're you're pretty close. You're on the cusp. Um, some some coordinators would give that to you. You need ten points to upgrade to three. Um, some might make you get the actual ten. Mm. But a Mardi Cross is a sanctioned uh, cross race, so maybe you need to come over and win that race. Yeah. Well, he and Jason won the uh men's b race in last, last year. year's Mardi and he Cross. was a five yeah. so right. i think he you'd have to race the a's this year he and i actually uh shared the podium like in Mardi cross last year i'm i'm sure he will i know that he loves he loves cross yeah um and i think I he did, said he was coming i did notice awesome. on his instagram that the current u.s national champ commented congrats so that's pretty cool like the current U.S. champ gives you a what's up when you win a race. Mm. Stephen Hyde, man of the people. Yeah, Pensacola homeboy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, they had the. That's, uh, they had that's, the, that's pretty awesome. They had the Stephen Hyde supporter flag out at the uh, out at the race. And so by you know the the transitive properties transitive properties of World Cyclocross, that means Wout Van Aert loves him too. Yes, it does, <laughs> and it also means that we are like. Three degrees from Wow. Yeah. So like Wow loves us. Yeah. Wow. Because Jason Nix loves us. Yeah. So Wow, you're a listener. (laughs) Give us a call. Let's ride. (laughs) Stephen Hyde and Wow Vernier, friends of the podcast. Yep. There we go. Boom. Virtual friends. So thanks for that, Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we should also say that our friend and teammate Wes won the master's race he did and boy i'll tell you what at the beginning of that race Wes and i were looking at each other and i'm just thinking man this is a great opportunity for us to share the podium for the first time ever and that would be cool the uh start whistle went off and i sat right on Wes's wheel for about a half a lap 
and then I did an amazing, amazing <laughs> reverse breakaway, breakaway to the absolute back of that field. And guys, I'm both embarrassed, but also somewhat proud to say I was DFL of the entire event. Ours was the last event of the day, and yeah. I was the last person to finish that event. They were literally tearing down the course when I crossed the finish line. Well, I'm going to say this, Townsend. There is no shame in your game because you crushed it and you crushed the gravel <laughs> right you got an eighth overall we think yeah eighth. that's a the, theoretically yeah that yeah. was a decent result for me that was a decent result say. and you had a great ride the day before yeah and then to go and do all that running around and show up at another race the next day Ugh. and to be able to you know you know we can't we can't always do that so I think the fact that you showed up, you raced, you finished. Yeah. You know, DFL is better than DNF. And, uh, well, I, for one, am very proud of you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. And I got to say, been there, buddy. I don't know. There has been a few times where the one, two, three race is the end of the day, and I'm the last guy on the leader's lap, and I'm watching the volunteers break down the course. And I'm mm. like... But I'm still racing. <laughs> they're breaking it down right as you're coming past. They're just like, they're like, oh, there he is. Okay. Yep. And, and there's like, like <laughs> there's like one person at the finish line giving you like a little golf clap. Good job, good job, buddy. Good job, buddy. It's like it's like it's like the finish bridge is deflating yeah. right as you go under it. <laughs> there's like two people in the parking lot when I'm done, oh, like man. drinking a beer. Like, like no one, right. no one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, your girlfriend says, "Like baby, like, okay, let's go home." Now. I uh, I got <laughs> a yeah. Gone. <laughs> I uh, I got a yeah. You ride heckle from the crowd nice. uh, in the race. So thanks Pensacola for uh, loving yeah. the podcast. Well, a huge up to those guys because they've been showing up to our stuff, and they are really big on cross. Yeah, and honestly, and I, I say this in all sincerity, that's the main reason I wanted to go to this event. I yeah. wanted to try to, you know. I wanted to try to give back and 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 show up and and spend some more time hanging out and, and chatting with those dudes and really trying to, you know, widen the community and 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 actually really trying to 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 say what I think is is almost a matter of fact at this point is that, you know, those are our bros and that's our cross scene like Pensacola and New Orleans yeah. Yeah. are 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 joined at the hip and and we've got something good going on between the two of us and we need to keep that going. Um, in seasons to come and here's and here's my suggestion is that pensacola once again puts a race in the middle of our of the dsgp season if west does it again next year what's every other weekend let's pack in a pensacola race in one of those weekends and then we'll pack in the yeah uh swamp lacrosse yeah and yep. We'll, we'll fill it out here, here. Um, and speaking of other communities that are friends of ours um, also this weekend in Alabama. Birmingham mm. was the Birmingham Baker's Dozen, which was a set of a hill climb challenge where they went up, I think, 13 crazy steep rides. Yeah, that's uh, Sean Williamson and his crew that put that on. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I knew nothing about this, and this sounds right up my alley. I knew about it, and I commented in the event. I... It's. I would have loved to gone to that event. It, I would have had a. I because I'm so out of shape and it. It, it, it didn't seem like it'd be a race, so I could just like be fun and out of shape and try to go up climbs. But it is five hours away. It's a, it's a little hard. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Sean. But our teammate Emily Gas. Yeah. 
is better than us and she well, or smashed it. me and she went up there and crushed it yeah i think she i think for the day she might have been the the queen of the mountain I believe Absolutely. She was. Uh, I saw some photographs where it looked like she was like kicking a whole ton of dudes ass. I too. believe she consistently kicked ass every time up there. And I, I, I for, you know, for me, who is like, I know what I am capable of. That sounds like something I would like. Well, let's to do try. it next year. Yeah, yeah. I'll let's do that go. Next year. I've got a great idea. Yeah, Sercherio's Overpass Challenge, right here in New Orleans. Okay. Well, we could do that. We could do that. Where? They're probably Which not one? as close. Well, to we've it. got the Alp de West Bank. We have the Alp We've de- got the Danziger Bridge. Mm. Uh, we've got the uh, Jeff Davis ba- Bridge. Jeff Davis. We've got the Bayou St. John overpass. We've got the new Wisner Bridge. All Guys, right. I mean, we could do a parking garage and overpass climbing challenge Let's do in some one climbing. ride. Let's climb, guys. Yeah. We should. We should. Right. The club should organize a ride around all those. Let's do it. Let's do it. All okay. Right. Okay. So congratulations, Emily. Yeah. yeah. Emily, and you're amazing. You're awesome. We're very proud to have you as a teammate. And Sean, we'll, we're going to try to come next year. Yeah. So guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up by talking about some new reviews and mm. uh, and things of note. Um, gosh, Matt, okay. I don't even know where Wait. to start. So okay. is well, Matt going to read this review? I Well, you know what, guys? You should, told me should, about this. Should we read it or should Matt read it? We got well, a, we got a review. I think Matt should read it with okay. his, uh, you know, voice. And, so and, we you know. have we have a new review from uh, Five Star. Wait, wait, should we do the other one first? I don't know. Well, no, this, you have, the other one is like newer, right? Yeah. Okay, so can I, can I do the earlier review? Please do that. This Matt. is the only one I've seen. I haven't seen the newest review. Uh, so there is a review from someone called Enon Roller. Enon is a uh, small town on the North Shore, so maybe that gives us a slight frequent point. ride destination. Yeah, somebody who rolls to Enon. It says a friendly, locally guided tour into the close knit New Orleans cycling community. With this podcast, you get in depth race reports from some of the top cyclists. Uh, in the Gulf South. You get a finger on the pulse of the Pro Tour. You get advice on training, tires, and kits. But most importantly, you get to listen to a gentleman named Sir Cheerio. Sir Cheerio is a man among men, his voice dripping with testosterone and smelling of fresh-cut lumber. (laughs) Transforms little boys and little girls into hardened... (laughs) <laughs> calculated slayers of the peloton i have never met him but i imagine him to have the body of the assos man the face of a young burt reynolds and the mind of john stuart mill this is a little creepy right now because this is so close to the truth <laughs> oh, that sure. it's very disturbing thank you thank you thank you sir cheerio i am now the master of my being and have the confidence and the power to cheat to achieve my supreme purpose in life. I didn't know you were a motivational speaker. Well, okay, so I think I have a stalker because there's no way they would know those things about A, my physical appearance and my intellect and that kind of stuff without having seen me. Well, uh, I mean... So I think somebody out there is stalking me and personally, I'm flattered. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I would be, Matt. I mean, it's a I mean, it's, it's a like five it's like star... now it's a level of celebrity that I've achieved that I have a stalker. I right? uh, I'm super jelly, man. That's yeah, I like... mean, it's a five star review too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I I like it for whatever traffic we get from it. I yeah. mean, keep on. Keep I mean, I'm sorry for you guys Matt. that you're like yeah. just like nothing. I, mean, I don't even know that my wife thinks of me in those terms. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can compare to the body I, I, of an I'm assless sure man, the face of a young Burt Reynolds. Terms. Although I can grow a mustache, but and yeah. I, I hate to admit I don't. But know young Burt did not Mill have a mustache, and that's why they know that because oh, okay. You know, so uh, they know that yeah. Well, so guys, wow. for the 2018 review challenge, uh, the marker has been laid down. Yeah, well, uh, this I mean, it, I don't, I don't slightly know. disturbing yeah. and creepy marker has been laid down. I, I don't know if anybody can top that one by Enon Roller, whoever that is. I think, uh, I think I have, I have an idea. I, I, I mean, I have a suspicion, but uh, I'm not sure. I believe it's somebody that lives on the other side of the lake. Uh, but it could be like a Ted Kaczynski style <laughs> character that lives in a in a shed somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. That that could be a, just a red herring. I mean, they yeah. could they could live right next door to you, Matt. Oh, I, mean, I bet it's probably Randy Leger. <laughs> well, uh, you know. So we got another review from uh, All right, we got another someone review. who lives in in Philadelphia. Is that right, Bodie? Can it yeah. live up to that? I, I don't think anything can live up to that review. But this <laughs> the, is, our second review is a bit more straightforward. Yeah, um, and it's a, also a five-star review, so thank you very much, Mr. Jacob Cooley. He says he still listens to this podcast, even though he now lives in Philadelphia. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Jacob. We appreciate you listening, even though you have moved, and we appreciate that you want to stay connected to the local scene, and we can help you with that. Yeah, and yeah. hey, Philly's got a pretty cool cycling scene as well. There's some good racing that goes on up there there's some cross racing there's some interesting i think there's kind of a cool fixie scene I heard so it. hashtag sucks for cycling yeah but uh so maybe uh maybe drop us a little email and let us know what's happening up there in the cycling scene since you moved up and uh we'll throw a little shout out to philly on the podcast sounds good maybe uh maybe you can uh give a give a holler to dan chavanoff and maybe we can have him on the podcast all right jacob work on that is he philly he lives in philly now all right well, guys, I guess that about wraps Woo! it up. Uh, we want more reviews. We want more uh, ratings and uh, want more people to subscribe and listen. Um, I feel like we should maybe give a little bit of an Insta- uh, a social media handle shout out. In case you don't know, you can, you can follow Yeah, You Ride on Instagram. Uh, usually it's mostly my photos um, from bike races, although in the Insta stories I do, I do, do podcast stuff. You can follow Matt at at Matt Kite. Yeah. At Matt Kite. Yeah. And uh, my cycling Instagram is at Semitough CC, as in Semitough Cycling Club. I also We're- have a personal Instagram, which is at Townsend Myers, if you want to see pictures of me and my kids and my dog. But the cycling stuff is probably a little more interesting to those yeah. of you all that are listening. And we're also on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, there is a Yeah, You Ride Twitter, but I, I, I don't, I haven't what? logged in in a while. But um, you can follow me at Land Softly. And you can follow me at at Matt Kite. And I am <laughs> crazy. At, I am at T Bone Rides Bikes. So yeah, you know, connect with us. Give us a shout out. Give us a holler. We uh try to talk about bikes on the Twitter a lot. And uh you know, I don't know. This was this was a this was a good episode. I think we uh It was. It was a long one. A lot of fun. <laughs> it's not yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. long. Yeah, it's it's, not, a it's not too long though. It's yeah. all right. 
That's right. We're under an hour and a half. So hey, we had a lot of catching up to do. People, people have been really, dying to hear from you, Matt. Yeah. No. Really obviously, we can tell. And it feels so good. All right. All right, uh, folks. Are we gonna sign off? I think this is the end of the road. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, this is the T-bone. This is the T-bone saying, "I'm off to grind more gravel this weekend." This is a Cheerio saying, "I have cleared out the pain cave, and now the pain will commence." Uh, catch me on Zwift, guys. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, "I might not be grinding gravel, but I might be trying to blaze a trail and not get arrested." So I'll tell you all about it next week. <laughs> <laughs>